afternoon, Raleigh, North Carolina. This is Hackers Live Sports Show with Benjamin Denton and John Hinton. We're coming at you live from the WKNC studios on the beautiful, awesome, amazing campus of North Carolina State University on 88.1 WKNC HD1 FM Raleigh. Oh, yeah. I'm Benjamin Denton, and I'm coming at you live on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation, keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest with a pack of NC State. Hope your day is going well. My apologies, and John is not here today. He is feeling under the weather, so I'm going to be your host and steering the ship, and you guys get to hear my opinions on things. It's okay. I'm, I'm not calling Cowherd. It will be bearable to listen to. I promise. We're going to have a lot to get to on today's show. We just got to get you guys caught up. We've been gone, or I guess, yeah, the pack is life. We're still we. We've been gone for about, you know, three weeks during the winter break. So I hope you guys' uh, Christmas winter break went well. I know mine went well. I went down to Atlanta after Christmas, visited my cousins with my family. That's what we get to do every year. I saw the Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, and I guess that's unpopular, but I really, really liked that movie. Of course, it wasn't perfect, as very few movies are, except for Baby Driver, of course. And um, But yeah, it was, a, it was a good movie. A lot of people are going to hate on it, and uh, you guys are just plain wrong. And I have a microphone that makes me right. So what we're going to talk about on today's show, we're going to talk about the Panthers' disappointing loss in New Orleans in the playoffs. We're going to talk some... Men's and women's basketball, men's, women's basketball not doing so good right now, whereas the men's basketball coming off of the biggest win in the Kevin Keats era and one of the bigger wins in program history in recent memory, probably since the last time we beat Duke and stormed the court, as I guess in case you have been living under a rock, yes, number two Duke came to PNC Arena and they left with an L, and uh, that's what happened. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, some of the keys to that game. So, what what can we expect from the Wolfpack? Now, you know, we lost to UNCG at home, and we went and beat number two Duke in the country at home. So can we expect a better team? What's coming up for the season for the Pack? We're going to take a look at their schedule in the non-revenue sports, what we know and love here on Packers Live Sports Show, and what you get exclusively right here on 88.1 on Packers Live Sports Show. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter at Packers Life NCSU. If you already haven't done that, you should be ashamed of yourselves because no doubt most of you who are listening have a Twitter. You should just follow us. Smash that follow button is what I'm saying. So anyway, women's basketball, men's basketball, gymnastics season started up. And I don't know about you, but gymnastics is, uh, is pretty awesome. I don't know how you feel about it. I think gymnastics is awesome. I had the privilege to be able to photograph a gymnastics meet last year for the newspaper and that was really, really cool. So we're going to talk about that, gymnastics season, kind of maybe a recap for those of you who don't know what goes on in a gymnastics meet. I can tell you a little bit about that. Uh, track and field, some of that went on during the break. And uh, we're going to, oh, wrestling. Did you all know we have a good wrestling program? We have a really good wrestling program. And we're going to talk about that some. But to get us kicked off, we're going to start off by keeping you updated with the North Carolina State Wolfpack men's and women's swimming and diving. So during the winter break, we had the European championships. We didn't have any NC State swim meets, but some of the, uh, some of the swimmers are good enough to swim and represent their country, and that's amazing, And as well as some swimmers that represent the U.S. of A, my favorite country. Anyway, European championships in Denmark in December, there were some current, past, and future NC State swimmers at this event, and they showed out, most notably, Andreas Fazias. And if you listen to the show, you've heard his name before. He swam for Greece. He got the silver medal in the 200 IM, and he set a new Greek national record as he finished in a time of a minute 53.27 seconds. And he also came in uh, second in the 200 butterfly. Anton Ibsen, swimming in his home country of Denver, he uh, narrowly missed a spot on the podium in the 1500 freestyle, and he finished with a time of 1430.94 and finished fourth. And uh, Tamala Hallam, who is from Portugal, and she swims for the pack. She's a new swimmer. 
And if you actually go in the KC uh, Natatorium uh, next to, adjacent to or attached to Carmichael Gymnasium on the campus, if you go to the pool, you'll see on the wall all different flags from different countries, and those are of all the NC State swimmers. And there is at least eight or twelve on the wall up there. So we are very. It's pretty cool that swimmers come here and swim from all around the world. But anyway, Tamala Halab is from Portugal, and she uh, competed in the 400 freestyle, and she finished in 4 minutes, 11.34 seconds, which saw her finish second in her heat. She finished fourth in her heat in the 800 freestyle, clocking in at 8 minutes, 35 seconds, point two. I don't know a lot what those times mean, but if John were here, he'd be here to say, man, that's some really fast swimming. Because, you know, John, ah, uh, man, he's a good friend of mine, I Wish he was doing the show today, but alas, he was feeling under the weather, so I'm here for you. Uh, a couple of former, uh, one former swimmer was swimming at the uh, European Championships. That's Simonis Billis. That may be confusing to you about him being a former swimmer because he was just swimming for us last semester. He graduated. He's a very, very good swimmer, holds a couple of ACC records. He qualified for the final of the 100 freestyle, clocking it at 47.09 seconds and finished fifth. He also advanced to the 50 freestyle semifinals, finishing in 21.32 seconds. For context, I do know something about that because the ACC record is held by Ryan Held, a current NC State swimmer, at 18.58 seconds. So I know still 21 seconds is insanely, insanely fast. But you know what was really promising for NC State swimming, which has been very, very good um, in the last five years, is a couple of future NC State, a couple of commitments, if you will. Niles Kristanji from the Netherlands. He helped the Dutch team win gold and set a new world record in the mixed 4x50 freestyle relay, and their time was a minute 28.39 seconds with hit, with uh, Kristanji leading them off, and he finished his split in 21.4 seconds. So mixed relay, so I guess, I'm guessing that's guys and girls, so that actually sounds like that'd be a pretty fun event. Uh, Sophie Hansen from Sweden, uh, she proved why she is a highly touted recruit, earning a gold medal in the 4x50 medley relay. Swimming the second leg, she completed her split in 29.3 seconds, and the team finished in a minute 44.45 seconds. She also, a more than one-stroke swimmer, finished third in the 50 breaststroke with a time of 29.77. Most swimmers in colleges, you get, to, you get your college scholarship on your fastest stroke, but NC State is really, really good, and a lot of our swimmers uh, swim more than one stroke, and that's just a testament to the excellence of the program. Coach Brandon Holloway and uh, our athletic director Debbie Yao. So that's what happened with the swimming over in the European Championships in Denmark uh, earlier this month. We had the Tennessee Diving Invitational. We haven't talked a lot about diving on this program because we've done a lot of swimming, but this is exclusively diving. This was just a dive meet, and there's uh, how it goes is there's three main things in college dive meets. There's the three meter springboard, the one meter springboard. And the platform, which is three meters high in uh, in college. In the Olympics, I think they have it like 10 meters, but those are kind of dangerous. And you can, like, practice only, like, 10 of those a day. So uh, I don't think they, they do not do that, to my knowledge, in college diving. Anyway, there's not one of those 10-meter uh, platforms set up in Carmichael. So they have it's three meters up, same as a springboard. But James Brady, y'all, know that name because he is really good at diving for NC State. He got to the final of the three-meter uh, board on Wednesday afternoon, uh, the Diving Invitational at the Jones Aquatic Center in Tennessee. He finished 12th with a score of 294.2, and those, you know, your scores of your dives are added up. You've most assuredly watched the Olympics. That's how that works. During, during the preliminary round, he tabbed a mark of 325 to finish ninth overall. So this is like a national meet, and we have divers finishing in the top 10. Uh, three other pack divers competed in the meet. Stuart Stanbaugh, whose specialty is the one-meter board, posted a score of 381 to finish uh, 21st. And freshman Holt Gray and another diver, Harrison Mitchell, posted scores of 277.6 and 276, and they finished 23rd and 24th, respectively. On the women's side, three-meter board, uh, Madeline Klein finished 13th, and uh, Bailey Revels finished 36th. That was a three-meter board. This event is usually done in three days where the men will, uh, day one men will do three meter and women will do one meter, and then they switch on day two so they can have those events going on simultaneously. And then the final day, they do platform. And I think only the men do the platform. I'm not sure. There weren't any scores available for women, so maybe only the men do the platform. On the one meter, women's side, Madison Klein finished 21st. 
on the one-meter board. She posted a score of 236.7. Bailey Revels scored 183.85, finished 35th. Uh, for the men, Spanball, he scored 292.6 on the one-meter final, earning him a top-10 finish, finished fifth in the preliminary rounds. James Brady, you know, had a little, he was a little bit off, didn't advance to the final as he posted a score of just 296 and finished 13th. Holt Gray was also in contention as a freshman, finishing 15th, and Harrison Mitchell uh, finished 26th. So two top 10 finishers in the one-meter and three-meter diving. Um, so that pack really did uh, dive well at that event. In the platform, uh, James Brady set a new program record and finished third in the event. His total score of 376.2 topped a previous record of 352.65 set by Hudson Reigns back in 2013. So that program record has been around for five years, and he beat it by over 25 points. So that was really, really good for James Brady. Stuart Stanbaugh tabbed a mark of 299.15, and he finished 11th, so just outside the top 10. Holt Gray finished 22nd, and Harrison Mitchell rounded out the uh, pack divers, and he finished 24th. So up next for the Wolfpack diving team, they travel to uh, Austin, Texas, to compete in the Arena Pro-Am Swim Series, and that's from January 12th through the 14th. So that's coming up. Just like a PSA to you guys, as a lifeguard, when um, when I'm working at Carmichael and the, it's the dive team practice, that is definitely the most interesting thing that goes on. These guys and gals are extremely talented, and you, know, you go to the pool in the summer and you watch a kid do a backflip, and that's like, wow. But these people are doing insane dives off these diving boards and uh, so as a, as a lifeguard, you know, you don't get to see a lot at the pool. Not a lot goes on, which is good. Good lifeguards don't have a lot of stuff happening at the pool because most of lifeguarding is prevention. Anyway, but mo but just you can go out to Carmichael. If you're a student, you get in free. You can watch the team practice. It's very, very cool to watch, especially when they're that talented. So moving on to other non-revenue sports, wrestling. Did I mention we're good at wrestling? Well, yes. Now that you have, in case you missed it the first couple times I said it, we're very good at wrestling. Uh, we earlier in the, uh, during the break, we went to number 12 in the country, Nebraska. And at the time, we were ranked number six, and we won nine of 10 matches against a fellow top 15 team, including the final eight. So we were, it was a 1 1 split, and NC State was like, nah, fam, we're just going to sweep it out. And they won nine of the 10 matches and came away with a 29 to 3 win over the 12th ranked team in the country on December 15th. So that was last month, but again, we didn't have the show, so uh, keeping you updated. So at that time, the Pack were undefeated at 10-0. and They had three individual top 10 wins on the night, and they meant for the two teams met for a fourth straight season, and the road team has won each timeout. So hopefully, if it's coming back to NC State next year, we can uh, break that streak of road teams winning. So uh, another uh, wrestling event, the Reno Tournament of Champions. Uh, the Pack won multiple titles. Uh, notably, 157 pounds, redshirt freshman Hayden Hidley. I'm actually in English class with Hayden Hidley. Studies in fiction. They did the roll call yesterday, and uh, the professor asked for student athletes. And I'm in I'm in that class with Hayden Hidley. And then I'm doing the research for the show today, and I see this guy. We're gonna talk about him a little bit later, but he is really good. Uh, at 184 pounds, senior Pete Renda won, and at 197 pounds, which is my weight class, well, it was. I'm at 190, y'all. I lost a little bit of weight. I'm proud of myself. Michael Machiavello won at 197 pounds. In addition, the pack placed second at 125 with Sean Fawes. At 133 pounds, uh, Tarek Wilson finished second, and 141 pounds, senior Kevin Jack finished second, and 149 pounds, Bew Donahue, a redshirt senior, finished second. So, Hayden Hidley, he is a Red shirt freshman, so he's a sophomore like me. He is 157 pounds, and right now he is 14 and 0, undefeated, and number three in his weight class. Guys, this is a freshman. He has four more, three more additional years of eligibility to wrestle because you don't go pro early in wrestling. At least there's not like an, it's not like the NBA. This kid is going to be really, really good. We had a wrestler here a couple years ago. Win a couple of national championships, and we are in contention every year. But this Hayden Hidley, 157 pounds, a redshirt freshman, is number three in the country and undefeated. That's a name you guys got to watch out for. He was named the National Wrestler of the Week 
by both Flow Wrestling and open, the Open Mat. And he was also named Co-ACC Wrestler of the Week. And that's the second straight week he won that honor back in December. And as of December 19th, he was 13-0. and 0, But no spoilers, he's 14-0 and 0 now. Another event that the wrestling did, Southern Scuffle. Uh, senior Michael Boykin was PAC's top finisher as he took in second at 285 pounds, including a pair of wins over top 11 foes. 285-pound people wrestling each other. That is, uh, that is very intimidating for me. Uh, that I cannot imagine being caught up in that. That is, whoo. Okay, those people are large human beings, 287 pound, 285 pounds, and really good at wrestling. Uh, Jamel Morris placed fifth at 133 pounds, and, but both of his losses were to Colby Smith of Missouri. So I guess Mr. Smith had uh, his number. But he was good against everyone else. Kind of like the Panthers and the Saints, how the Saints were 3-0 and versus the Panthers, and the Panthers were 11-3 and versus the rest of the NFL. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the program. Right now, it's non-revenue sports. Time to shine. And finally, for the highlight of the wrestling season, and arguably the highlight of wrestling in the country for a very long time, number 5 NC State Wrestling went with Oklahoma State, number 3, and they went over to Naples, Italy, and that was the first international match between wrestling teams. And they were also a top five showdown. So that was a tussle for the troops that was done on a boat, uh, from what I understand. And so that was all around great. The that was the good news. The bad news is NC State uh, split the ten bouts, went five and five, but bonus points pushed the Cowboys to a nineteen to sixteen win. So NC State and Oklahoma State getting together to do something awesome for our troops. And NC State, you know, unfortunately came out with a loss, but I think in that situation everyone kind of won. It is NC State's first loss of the season, dropped them to 10-1. and one. Um, They were tied at, as far as scoring of the match, a quick recap, they were tied at 12 after three matches as the two teams traded major decisions, and they made it going 16-16 to 16 going into the final bout, which turned out to be a Cowboys win for the overall team win. Uh, individually, NC State Sean Foss at 125 pounds and Kevin Jack at 141 both knocked off the number three ranked wrestler in their respective weight classes. Hayden Hidley, of course, scored a major decision at 157 pounds, and uh, both redshirt seniors, Bew Donahue and Pete Renda, claimed Wolfpack wins. So, again, update Hayden Hidley is a redshirt freshman. He's number three in the country, and he's undefeated. You got to watch out for this kid. Um, number three, uh, Pete Redley, number three in the country, Pete Renda, sorry, scored the Wolfpack's first win on the match. He had a takedown with less than five seconds left to secure a 3-0 decision and take a 3-0 win for the pack. Um, before we went to break, we did talk a little bit about how wrestling scoring works, and you can actually listen to um, uh, previous shows that all of them are posted on WKNC's blog, on Tumblr, or you can just go online. Or just Google Pack is Life NCSU WKNC and a link will pop right up. So if you ever want to catch up on shows you may have missed. Um, getting back to this, Oklahoma State answered with a couple of wins and the, uh, a close 5-4 win at 197 pounds as uh, Preston Wagle uh, defeated NC State's number 7 in the country, Michael Machiavella, with a close reversal. And so it was a major decision. And at 185 pounds, they also, uh, 285 pounds, uh, Oklahoma State also won. So, as far as, so they were tied at five bouts of peace, but the bonus points gave the Cowboys that win. Um, yeah, Hayden Hidley is still undefeated. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Let's see. Yep, that's the recap of that wrestling match. There's a lot. Up next, that's what I was looking for on my notes. Up next, Pack will return to the mat with the start of ACC action on Friday, January 19th. What's today? The 10th? So that is not this coming Friday, but next Friday, and we're going to Duke, and of course we're going to beat Duke because, you know, that's what, that's what NC State does. We, we beat Duke. Maybe not in women's basketball. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But that was wrestling, y'all. Uh, coming up right now, next we have uh, track and field. Uh, just a note about them. Uh, NC State uh, swept their performers of, field performers of the week. For the second time in his career, Joshua Davis, senior for the pack, won the award on the men's side, and Lauren Evans, won it on the ladies' side for their performances in a meet back in December. The uh, pack will compete for the first time in 2018 as they will make this short trip to Chapel Hill to play in the Carolina Cup on Saturday, 
January 13th. So going, we have the wrestling is going to Duke. Track and field is going to Chapel Hill. So some good rivalries coming up. Now something I'm really excited about, and you should be as well, gymnastics season started out, and you know it's really cool to watch. You don't have to wait to watch it every four years. NC State has a great gymnastics program. We have a brand spanking new head coach, Kim Landris, and she opened her tenure with a pack with a win over Northern Illinois and Illinois-Chicago. That was obviously up in Chicago. Uh, the way a, a gymnastics meet works is usually there is three teams, and there because there's four main events. There's vault, bars, beam, and floor, and usually three of those are being used at once. So if you ever get out to go see the uh, women, the the gymnastics team and Reynolds, they slide um they slide one of the bleachers all the way up because those bleachers slide in and out like a home gym. They're really cool, and they slide those uh, bleachers in, and they have a bigger floor. They have the the floor routine set up with a bouncy cushion floor, which I've always wanted to run around on, but obviously I'm not a gymnast. And they have the bars and beam. They have everything set up at once, kind of like, uh, I don't know, like an obstacle. It looks a little bit like an obstacle course to my layman's eye, but all the events are really cool. And you can just follow. Uh, you sit in the bleachers and just watch. You can watch just your team or you can watch any other team, but three events will be going on at once Usually, so NC State, um, and then you tally up the points at the end. Uh, you uh, the gymnasts get scored on their routines, and then those points are added to the team aggregate totals. And whoever has the most points wins. Second most points, second and third. So it's not like a head-to-head in like uh, like football or basketball. So the pack scored an aggregate score of one hundred ninety-four point zero twenty-five to defeat Northern Illinois and Illinois Chicago. Uh, Illinois Chicago finished second with 193.525. So some quick math, that was half a point that we won by. And in gymnastics, that's actually, that's not like super, super close, but that's pretty close, half a point, because I think um, a, uh, a score, uh, um, a routine can be scored within a quarter of a point, I'm pretty sure. So half a point is a pretty close win. And uh, Northern Illinois hosted the event, and they finished last with 192.6, so really losing by over two points. They weren't even in contention. So of the four events, total aggregate scores, NC State won two of them. NC State had the highest score of 48.6 on the vault, and on the floor they had 48.8, and they beat. Um, and then Illinois-Chicago won the bars in the beam event, but NC State's points added up to more points, and they won basically where they separated themselves was on the vault. And if you don't remember exactly what that is, that's what made Michaela Maroney famous because she did a perfect vault and the judges um, dissed her and didn't give her that perfect score even though the vault was perfect. And then the meme was born, and that was actually pretty awesome. But kind of, man, refs, judges, man, you got to love them, right? As a Panthers fan, am I right? Okay. As a team, um, their top scores in the vault and floor routine, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the vault was the reason NC State won. Some of the They had a lot of top five finishers, I think 14, I believe. So in the vault, Chelsea Knight won it. She had 9.8. She was the first. Paris Phillips finished second, and Caitlin Fillard fifth, tied with her teammate Drew Grantham, also fifth. So NC State had four of the top five finishers in vault. That's really what won them to match. In beam, they had two top five finishers. Chelsea Knight, again, finished second. And then McKenzie Idkush finished fifth. In the floor routine, NC State, Chelsea Knight won that. Man, Chelsea Knight is really good. Alexa Phillips, so there's twins. There's Paris and Alexa Phillips. They're twins on the gymnastics team. I think there's a couple of set of twins on the team. Uh, she finished fourth in the floor. Mackenzie Itkish finished fourth. And uh, Drew Grantham tied for fourth as well. In the bars, Maggie Tamboro finished third. And Lauren Kent finished third. And all around, after telling you all the things that Chelsea Knight won, of course, she finished number one overall with a total score of 39.075 points. And uh, Caitlin Fillard finished fifth. So Chelsea Knight is another Wolfpack athlete you need to be watching out for because she is really good. Speaking of rivalries, up next, NC State goes to UNC Chapel Hill on January 12th. Why don't we call this rival week? Rival, excuse me, it's rivalry week. And we should call this Rivalry Week because all these schools are playing each other, but we're not playing in football or basketball, so nobody cares. But you care because you're listening to Packers Life Sports Show on WKNC 88.1. So up next for the Wolfpack Gymnastics, they're heading to UNC Chapel Hill on January 12th. 
for the EAGL matchup with the Tar Heels. That is set for a start time of 7 p.m. So that's not a home meet, but it's not out of driving distance for you. But I definitely encourage you, if you don't go to the road uh, meets, come to the home meets in Reynolds Coliseum. They are really, really awesome. Speaking of Reynolds Coliseum and non-revenue sports, women's basketball. So a lot went on with women's basketball while we were gone. Uh, the Lady Pack went 3-3 three and three after starting the season 9-2. and two. That was for the entirety of, of our absence on Pack is Live to not keep you guys updated. I don't know what you guys did without us. But they had wins over Elon and Vanderbilt to close out non-conference play, and they opened ACC play with four players scoring in double figures, and they defeated... Uh, Virginia Tech, 68-51, to and they moved the record to 12-2 and overall, 1-0 in the ACC. NC State was looking good mid-December. But they went to number three. Well, they hosted number three in the country at the time and undefeated Louisville. And in the Louisville game, they did fall 55-47, to so a low-scoring game, and it was close. But what really, really hurt the pack, and you'll see this as I um, inform you, uh, we talk about, the uh, next couple of games was a slow start, really slow start. NC State missed their first 25 shots from the field and did not score a field goal in the first 15 minutes of the game. And by the time they scored a field goal with a little less than five minutes left in the first half, they were trailing Louisville 26-1. to So that is a huge deficit to overcome. But the fans in Reynolds were very loud and very present. And the pack actually rallied and cut the lead to 47 to 43 with three minutes and 16 seconds left after Kayla Ely scored. But that's as close as the pack could pull. And uh, they ended up losing by that final score of eight points, 55 to 47. So had they not been in such a huge deficit to start out, they would have um, been able to maybe get that win against a top five team in the country. But again, a slow start really hurt the pack and shots just weren't falling. Uh, Next they played Virginia. And another slow start there, NC State, uh, they actually, they had a slow start, but they played really good defense at the end of the game. They didn't allow Virginia to score the final 7 minutes and 43 seconds, score a field goal in the final 7-43 of the game. So some really good defense for the pack, but they lost their second straight inside Reynolds. They fell uh, 73-63. to Armani Hawkins had a new career high, and she led the Wolfpack with 14 points on 5-9 of nine shooting. She also chipped in six rebounds. Kayla Ely scored in double digits for the second game in a row, and she put up 13. Uh, Chelsea Nelson led all players with nine rebounds. I always like it when I see players getting a lot of rebounds because I enjoy getting rebounds. Boxing, I was really, really fun. Anyway, a uh, quote from Coach Wes Moore, among other things. He said, you know, rough night. Doesn't get any easier. We've got our work cut out for us with the games coming up. And, man, was he right because ACC is really tough, and as it is with most sports, but it is really tough. And they have a tough couple of games coming that are coming up. Of course, the uh, Louisville game that they lost, but that was the second second straight game that the Wolfpack outscored their opponents in the fourth quarter, and that wasn't enough because they started off in such a deficit after a slow start. So they had their third game. They were hosting uh, yet again another ranked opponent. They went to Cameron, not hosting. They went to Cameron Indoor Stadium to play Duke, riding a two-game losing streak, but a three-game winning streak. In the rivalry, Duke was ranked 17 in the country, and they did win 69-56 to and dropped the pack to 1-3 in the ACC. NC State positives, they did score 22 points from 18 Duke turnovers. So the defense is there. We're playing well. But it wasn't enough to overcome. Yet again, another slow start. They were down 18-0. to So that's how they started the game, just 18 points in the hole before they could score. And Duke had Lexi Brown. She went off for 34 points and going 7 for 13 from 3. Wow, that is really good. I wish I could go 7 for 13 from 3. I did the, uh, just a quick side note, um, my uncle, like, when I went to visit in Atlanta, he, uh, he got me and my cousin Six Flags tickets, and I'm not a roller coaster person. To me, I don't like my body to be telling me, you're going to die, Benjamin. That's just not enjoyable to me. But, you know... My girlfriend loves roller coasters, and all my cousins love roller coasters. So we go to Six Flags, and now it's kind of an annual tradition. And uh, I'm not feeling the roller coasters, but everyone loves them. What I go for is the is the games. 
not those rigged fair games because I uh, I got myself off of those. Those are those are bad. They just steal your money. But they have the game in Six Flags where you take it's a three point contest. You have forty seconds to shoot fifteen threes, and there's uh, three money balls on one on each rack. There's only three racks, and so you can score fifteen points. If you get all fifteen, you win like an Xbox One or a PS4. But all you need to win a prize is four points, and you get like a banner. And I won my cousin's a Falcons banner because like I'm a great I'm a great family member. That's what family does. But it was cost ten dollars to play. But yeah, I went. I made four shots out of. I did it twice. Spent twenty dollars. I made four of. Uh, let's see, it's twelve shots. So four of twenty-four. So I am not proud of myself. The rim is a little bit smaller and a little bit higher up to throw you off. But I wish I could go seven from thirteen from beyond the arc like uh, Lexi Brown did for Duke. Uh, pack again pulled to within four. 40 to 36 after halftime they went on a run but again you know uh they it just wasn't enough after starting out down 18 points down 25 points versus Louisville against these really good basketball teams for starting out behind but again some positives senior Chelsea Nelson grabbed a career high 15 rebounds to go along with her 15 points that's her sixth double double of the season so she is killing it on the low block for the pack other pack scores notable Kiara Leslie scored 15 points Aslan Koenig scored um, 12, and Kaylee Ely scored 10, joining Nelson in double figures. So, that, again, that was four Wolfpack players in double figures. And uh, Leslie actually earned a career high with uh, five assists. So, we're not having trouble scoring or playing defense. We're just having trouble doing it early in games. And hopefully, Westmore and the Lady Pack can get that figured out in time for the tournament because all is not lost. Uh, Three-game losing streak, and despite that, they're still ranked 36th in the RPI due to their difficulty of schedule, which is important because at 36, they're still a tournament team. And uh, if you followed the show, you know that every single fall sport qualified for the postseason. So hopefully we can get that trend continuing with the winter sports of wrestling. We're really good. That's going to happen. Track and field, we're really good. Hopefully women's basketball can do it, and I think more than likely they will. And maybe, just maybe, the men's basketball, and qualify for the postseason. But don't hold your breath. More about that. We're going to take a quick break. Right quick, I'm going to tell you, coming up for the uh, women's basketball, they take a mini homestand. They're hosting Georgia Tech tonight in Reynolds Coliseum. If they win tonight, this will be West Moore's uh, 99th win with the Wolfpack, so that will be pretty cool. And they have another game at 2 p.m. Sunday, again, in Reynolds Coliseum. And Syracuse and Georgia Tech are not as good as Duke, Louisville, and Virginia. So hopefully we can get those wins and get back to 500 in the conference. So when we come back, we're gonna I'm gonna give you my take on the Duke NC State men's basketball game because that was a good good game. I was at that game. That was very very fun and a huge huge win for Kevin Keats and the Wolfpack. But we're gonna take a quick break. We'll give you a song. This is called "Don't Be a Fool" by Simon McBride. <laughs> Packers Live Sports Show. Benjamin Denton coming at you live on one of the premier college radio stations, 88.1 WKNC. Give us a follow on Twitter at Packers Life NCSU. If you miss any episode of the show, it's going to be uploaded to the blog, uh, WKNC's blog on Tumblr, as well as the shows are being uploaded onto SoundCloud and iTunes as well. We have about, uh, we've done seven, this is the 17th show, and there's, uh, 10 or 11 are on uh, on SoundCloud as well as iTunes for all you Apple users. And you guys are terrible because Apple is terrible. I don't have any technological knowledge, hardly at all. I just don't like Apple because they took away the aux port. That's a very bad thing to do. Don't do that, Apple. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Apple. You're here to hear about NC State sports. And you've already heard about the men's basketball team because everyone talks about the revenue sports, men's basketball, and football. And we just spent the last 35 minutes of me just running my mouth, keeping y'all up to date with all the non-revenue sports that happened over the three weeks that we were gone. Goodness gracious, I did not know that I could talk that much. Okay, that's not true. People that know me, I talk a lot. And I, I really, I can't emphasize a lot enough. I do talk a lot. And uh, I actually just need to, that song right there. I just need to give me, give me a drink of water. Dang, that is a long time to talk. Anyway. But I'm back, and uh, we're back. Packers Live Sports Show, and the uh, men's basketball program 
Uh, I'm not going to recap the whole month of them because, you know, you keep up with that in the news if you're a Wolfpack fan. But uh, I really want to highlight the last two games by the uh, men's basketball program, not just the win over Duke, but the loss where we lost to Notre Dame by 30 points. Now, I, I want to talk about them specifically because that's we, in two games, we saw the worst of this NC State team minus Markel Johnson, I, who, in my opinion, was our most valuable player. Maybe our not most talented or best player, but he was our most valuable offense and defense. He led the team in assists, led them in steals. He was shooting about 40% from three. Granted, he's not like a sharpshooter, but he was taking them when he was open, him, open, and he was making them, and he was very vital in our full-court press that um, Kevin Keats likes to run, and uh, I would talk a little bit about that when we talk about Duke, but we went into the game with Notre Dame, and Notre Dame knew they were going to be without their best player, one of the best players in the country, Bonzi Colson, a 6'5 power forward who's just, he's a strong dude, and he is able to play the power forward position at an elite level at 6'5, and whenever... I see Notre Dame on the TV. I'm watching Bonzi Colson because that man has some throwback post moves, and they are just beautiful to watch. We always are looking at high-flying dunks or, or trick shots or crossing people up. But to me, give me a big man in the post that can work it down there, and that is just, I'm happy. I'm happy watching Bonzi Colson. So a little part of me when I saw the I watched the Notre Dame game against w, on WRL earlier was sad that I did not get to see Bonzi Colson play, but I was glad because... He is really, really good, and we would have lost by more had he played. And then Notre Dame lost their starting point guard and all-ACC caliber player, uh, Farrell. He went down. So going in the second half, NC State was in a a close game. I think it was within 10 points, and Notre Dame was down their best two players, and that's a team that plays five or six guys the whole game. Mike Bray, uh, Notre Dame's coach, does not play guys. He just plays five, six, seven guys. That's all. And, you know, they lost their two best players, and we lost by 30 points. We should have had that win. They were down, and we should have had them, but we didn't, and that is my illustration for the worst. And in my opinion, it's worse than losing to UNC Greensboro because UNC Greensboro also beat UNC in an exhibition before the season started. Again, it's exhibition, but usually, you know, you know, if UNC Greensboro wasn't um, good, they wouldn't have done that. So, of course, I'm ashamed of that loss as a Wolfpack fan, but again, I would say the Notre Dame loss is probably worse just in the way they lost that team. NC State, they had no life. Omer Yurtsevin couldn't score to save his life. He scored with a couple minutes left. He was missing um, easy baskets. And But, you know, I hadn't lost faith, and I know a lot of people now, of course, are going to say, yeah, I, I, I was, I'm not surprised by NC State winning, but I'm really not. And I was saying before the game, and people that know me and uh, know that I was saying that we were going to beat Duke, and I said before the season, with this team, as with most NC State teams, we can beat anybody in the country when we play them in PNC Arena. We really can't, and we can also lose to anyone, as illustrated by losing to UNC Greensboro. This team is very frustrating to watch in that respect because we saw what they can do the other night versus Duke. I was at that game. A lot of people were students stormed the court. I was higher. I was on the higher-level seats. I, did not, I was not able to storm the court, but I was able to watch it, and that was a pretty cool experience. But against Duke, we were down. You know, of course, we've been down Markel Johnson a few games. We're not likely going to get him back. So you have in the, in the ACC, we have Braxton Beverly and Alaric Freeman starting in the backcourt. And you really didn't think we had much of a shot versus the number two team in the country, Duke. But we did because NC State fought really hard. And I'll tell you what was a very, very underrated aspect of that game. In my opinion, that game was getting away from us in the first half. And every NC State fan was like, here we go again. We had LeVar Bats. And he is going to be really, really good for us. And he's not supposed to be contributing this much for us because Markel is out. Markel, uh, LeVar Bats is getting those minutes. He's really good on defense. He is super athletic, and he has a weird jump shot, but it's good. It is an effective jump shot, and he's also really effective in the press defense. And uh, usually what uh, Coach Kevin Keats likes to do is run a full-court trap press defense, 1-2-1-1, uh, one, 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 as far as the, uh, those players, and they run a trap, and they, he likes to have Markel Johnson at the top of it. And a lot of times he'll have Bats and Johnson try to trap the guy with the ball. And it was really effective. In, my, in, in the times it worked, it was really effective. But it wasn't ineffective. But we didn't do the trap without Markel Johnson. We really just kind of pressed Duke. And I liked it. worked against Duke. We won the game. But really critical and something I really liked to see was LeVar Le- Le- Bats working the pick and roll. He had two dunks to Freeman, another dunk to Abu, and another time he just drove to the basket and scored himself. Plays a little out of control sometimes, but man, when he is on, 
he is a really good player for this team. Even when he's not scoring, he was running the offense. And, uh, you know, he didn't play much in the second half, but what he did in the first half was really what kept us in the game. NC State was leading going into halftime. I wasn't, like, super confident. I wasn't surprised, but I wasn't super confident about it. And Omer Yurtsevin came to play. He uh, tied Torndorn to the team lead with 16 points. And we scored 96 points on the number two team in the country with no player scoring more than 16. That is balanced, and that's why this team could be anyone, as they did illustrating by beating Duke. Braxton Beverly, man, oh, man. Didn't think we'd need him a lot because we have Markel Johnson, and he wasn't projected to be that good. But this dude is averaging over 10 points a game for the Wolfpack as a, as a freshman, and he is just cold, just cold. He came up really clutch with that three. And it wasn't just the timing of it. Duke had, cu- had cut the lead within three. It was kind of this, like, Duke kind of you had, kind of had that feel that Duke was like, yeah, we know we're about to take this from you guys. And the entire game, Braxton was not really looking for, his, for himself to score on a consistent basis. And he just comes around a pick two feet outside the arc. And he's like, huh, why not? And he just drains it from 24 feet. And it was the place... PNC went bonkers. It was, in my opinion, that was the shot that won the game. Now, later, when Torin Dorn with two on the shot clock on out-of-bounds play, I was calling for a double screen, get Braxton in a catch-and-shoot. Apparently, Duke was calling for the same thing. So, Dorn pops up open. I think the play probably was called for him, as if you've seen it. Hits an and-one-three as he's just getting leveled. And that was the dagger in Duke's heart and what allowed NC State to really clinch that win. So, I think Braxton's three was first entering that knife in the stab wound and then Dorn just twisted it, and you know we killed Duke. And that was my top experience at NC State as far as sports goes. And I did not go to the Louisville game, football game this year, and I'm told that was pretty awesome. But the Clemson game was really awesome as far as the atmosphere and experience, but Duke topped it. That was amazing. But now that NC State has this win over Duke, we're like, man, as an NC State fan, we're going to the tournament. We're an NCAA tournament team. And I like to be optimistic, but... I think there is a chance. I really do think there's a chance that this could be a tournament team. Will they be a tournament team? I don't know. I really don't. I couldn't tell you that right now. And I'd be lying if I told you yes, for sure they would be. But I think here's the argument I have that they can. In the ACC, there are plenty of wins for a signature, plenty of opportunities for signature wins. They're going to get that. In the non-conference, we had a signature win over Arizona. Hopefully they stay good so that win looks good at the end of the year. We also played well and had a... Good could be better win against Penn State. Penn State right now is like 12-5. and five. If Penn State gets really good in the Big Ten, that could be a, a win that helps us in the, uh, in the in, uh, if we're a bubble team, if we're a bubble team, if we can make a run in the ACC tournament. But, you know, Duke's not the only opportunity for a big win. Coming up tomorrow night, we are hosting Clemson, who is 14 in the country. I mean, not 14. They're 14-1. and one. They're 19th in the country. They're a top 25 team. They're higher ranked than UNC, and we lost. We went to Low John Coliseum in Clemson. We lost earlier pretty handily for our ACC opener, and I'm really not that confident. We don't match up well with Clemson. We really don't play well versus teams that play really good defense, and just in the time that I've watched NC State, we've never really played particularly well versus Clemson and Brad Brownell. Uh, they're, they're a really good program, and they have more talent than they normally have, so I don't expect a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised. Here's a, this NC State team really can't surprise me anymore. Like, they can lose to UNC Greensboro or beat number two Duke. They're not going to surprise me. If we win at Clemson, I'll be mildly surprised. But I kind of expect Clemson to come in and win that game because NC State's going to be very, very happy over their win over Duke. But on Saturday, we're playing number two Virginia. Virginia's really good this year in the ACC. And then on the 21st, we're playing Miami. They're ranked in the top 15 nationally. And then on the 27th, we have that game versus that team down the road, UNC Chapel Hill. And that's just in the month of January. We have plenty of opportunities for a signature win. So of those like four next four teams versus games versus ranked teams, if we could get a couple of wins, three would be amazing. Then I think this team could be in pretty good shape going to February and March and maybe make a run in the ACC tournament. But again, nothing will surprise me, and I think they're better than people will give them credit for. And I'm not the only one saying that now they beat number two Duke, and I kind of regret that a little bit because I like I like to have unorthodox opinions about things, but now it's very orthodox. Whoa, NC State's really, they can be really good. Yeah, because they beat Duke. Anyway, finally, getting to the Panthers. I am a diehard Panthers fan. John is a diehard Panthers fan. This program we talk about, we've talked about the Panthers all year long, and I was, they were my preseason Super Bowl pick. 
uh, to beat the Titans in the Super Bowl. And me and, me and John have uh, kept up to date with our NFL playoff picks. By the way, I won the regular season by two games, so I'm better at picking NFL games than John. Hopefully he's listening. And, John, I won. And it was fair. And I'm better. No. Okay. It was all in good fun, though. It was actually had a lot of fun doing that. We each made playoff brackets, and I picked the Panthers to beat the Titans in the Super Bowl, sticking with my preseason prediction because both teams made the playoffs. Was not surprised at all by the Titans beating the Chiefs because I don't. The, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. I, they're going to start 5-0 and every year, and they're not going to be good. I was surprised they made the playoffs, and I had no, no surprise that they choked up on that game. That was actually a pretty good game to watch. I was only able to watch the first half because I went to the Duke game. But anyway, Carolina and New Orleans. We're 11-3 versus the rest of the NFL and 0-3 versus New Orleans. New Orleans cheats. That's what it is. No, I'm just joking. You can't seriously say that. But there were a couple of crucial things that happened in this game. Very notable. You've most likely heard by now. We have a lack of talent at wide receivers, mostly due to injury. With Demir Bird and Curtis Samuel, I think we're talking differently about talent at wide receiver. Can't help the injury bug. Kalen Clay dropped a gimme touchdown in the first half, and that next play, Graham Gano missed a 25-yard field goal. That was... As I'm sure you've already heard, because we're not the only sports program out, sports talk show out there, that was really what con- contributed to us losing the game. Calling a very interesting, to say the least, intentional grounding penalty on Cam Newton did not help us at all, and I was not surprised when we got sacked on fourth down because, you know, we don't always make the best play calls, and uh, I wish Cam Newton had been able to throw the ball away, but you really, a logical and sensible person cannot blame Cam Newton for this loss, but that won't stop all the haters and... Just go online anywhere, and you will find them. They are always out by the billions, it seems like, every time Cam Newton doesn't make an MVP-level play. He put the team on his back in New Orleans, and the team just wasn't good enough to sit there. We had to settle for five field goal attempts. Four, and, again, the one at the end of the first half was actually pretty amazing, and Graham Gano is one of the biggest legs in the NFL. It's just mentally he misses a 25-yarder. We need that, we need that field goal, Graham Gano. But, you know, settling for five field goal attempts. Ted Ginn not dropping the touchdown pass. Thanks, Ted Ginn. You know, he dropped plenty of those for us, but he caught an 80-yard touchdown versus us for the New Orleans Saints. Thank you, Sean Payton, for going for it on fourth down in the middle of the field. That was, I think teams should be more risky like that, but even I thought that was a little bit dumb. And Mike Adams, please, if that was a drop, that wasn't an interception, first of all. Ref should have reviewed it and ruled an incomplete pass, and we would have got the ball at midfield. But if ifs and buts for candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas as my uncle always tells me every time I complain about the Carolina Panthers just not making it. It's okay, because he's a Falcons and a Bulldogs fan, so that's the joke's on him. Anyway, Panthers, really crucial. They came up short. Finally, 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 fired Mike Shula. I was so ready for him to go. The Panthers' offense was not good at all, and Mike Shula should have been fired two years ago, or earlier last season at least, because they were good two years ago in the Super Bowl. That wasn't Mike Shula. I'm just a full-on Mike Shula hater. And uh, so glad he got fired because the offense did not did not work and did not show any creativity. We need to get better offensive line. Darrell Williams had a great, great year at right tackle. Andrew Norwell was a first-team all-pro at right guard. So the rights and Ryan Khalil is a perennial pro bowler. And Trey Turner is also a pro bowler. We are really good except for left tackle. We need a better left tackle. Matt Khalil was okay. We just need an overall better offensive line. He can be better protection and more weapons down the field. And again, that's going to come back when Samuel and Demir Bird. Demir Bird, I'm telling you guys, next year, Demir Bird is a thousand yard receiver. He's not the next Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown was undrafted or no, he was a six round pick out of Central Michigan. And he came out of nowhere and now he's the best receiver in the NFL and he's a Hall of Famer. Demir Bird, not that level, but he's a thousand yard receiver next year. Mark my words. All right. That was the Panthers. The season lost. I said going into the New Orleans-Carolina game that the winner of that game was going to win the Super Bowl. That's why I was very upset when we got matched up with New Orleans because that team had our number. Also, the refs, you know, paychecks as well. I'm just joking. But they did have our number. They were 3-0. So kudos to the Saints for cheating their way. I mean, beating us. Beating us fair and square. Moving on in the playoffs. So they're going to face the Vikings. Saints will win that, even though I want the Vikings to win. The Steelers are going to... They are just going to thump the Jaguars. I don't care what Jacksonville did earlier in the year. Blake Bortles missed three consecutive screen passes in the game versus Buffalo. When your quarterback isn't playing well and you want to get him in the flow, get him some rhythm, boost his confidence. All right, what are we going to dial up here? Uh, We'll give him a screen, and Blake Bortles couldn't complete a screen pass. And uh, he's terrible. He really is. 
So the Jaguars aren't going anywhere. They only beat the Bills because their defense is amazing. I, I anticipated that. Falcons beating the Rams, I didn't want to happen, so I picked the Rams. Falcons won. And the Falcons are going to beat the Eagles. It's Nick Foles at quarterback. And we're going to have to see the Falcons in the NFC Championship game, most likely against the Saints. And I probably will pull for the Saints, I'm ashamed to say, because I, I have a whole side of my family that are Falcons fans, and I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that. That is just tough. But I do think that the Saints will make it to the Super Bowl, and they're going to play the Titans. You heard it here first. I picked them before the season. I picked them again. They're going to beat New England. And I'm not just saying that because the whole thing with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick not working out came out. Like, they will beat New England this weekend. You heard it here. I said it. Marcus Mariota. He had more interceptions and touchdowns during the year. I did not watch the Titans a lot, but I've always liked Marcus Mariota. Don't have a lot of logic for why. They're going to get to the Super Bowl and hopefully beat the Saints, but they will. And then in a month or like three weeks when they're like, man, who could have predicted the Titans would get to the Super Bowl? I predicted it. I said it before the season. I'm saying it now. And, you know, people that like, oh, you're crazy. Well, I mean, it's not fun if you have a prediction and everyone agrees with it. Like, man, Alabama's going to win the national championship. Yeah, they did. And it sucked. I hated that. That was awful. But we're going to talk about that game more next week when John comes back, if everyone's still talking about it. Um, I don't want to talk a lot about it because we're going to save that conversation when he finally comes back. Wish you the best, buddy. Uh, hope you get healthy and uh, stop being sick because being sick sucks. And uh, I'm sure we can all attest to that. Goodness gracious. It is about that time. It is close to 6 o'clock. I did not anticipate being able to talk this long by myself. So uh, that is pretty cool that we got it the full hour used up. Again, appreciate you guys listening. Um, we could not... We would not be doing this without, you know, support. I mean, it'd be really weird. I've said this before, but it'd be weird if I just sat in here for an hour a week and uh, talked into a microphone and it wasn't, and no one was listening. So you guys are listening. Thank you for making this possible. And uh, go ahead, follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Pack is life, NCSU. Um, I know we talked about before break, maybe making some shirts. And I did get a friend of mine that's in the design college to design me. Uh, a, a logo that could be put on shirts, but I haven't gotten around to that because I'm a college student and I procrastinate. That's what we do. And uh, probably going to get around to that. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We are going to be back in full force, hopefully, next week, live at 5 o'clock on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation, Benjamin Denton, and then hopefully John Hinton. And we may, may have a guest. Maybe not next week, but maybe the week after that. Gonna have to, uh, gonna have to get my connections working. So, tune in later. If you, again, if you miss the show, you can listen to it on SoundCloud, iTunes, on WKNC's blog, on Tumblr. Again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. Um, it's not as cold now, so you guys. You have a great day, and uh, tune in next week. This is 88.1 WKNC.